rehabilitation 15 years after sister zenga's death the district court of bratislava reopened her case in response to the application of mata satna katarina lukovic and cyril shilling the verdict of 17 june 1952 involving sister zenga and those accused along with her was re-examined a special session of the district court decided to exonerate marta satner katarina lukakovic and the deceased cecilia shilling from the charge of high treason the court quashed the sentence of the former state law all other decrees of the legal procedure ts 3 43 bar 52 were annulled since the sentence of 1952 had been based on false evidence namely the zenga had been consciously led to believe that the convicted patients were condemned to death and that provoked her to help them flee the supreme court of the socialist republic of slovakia decreed on 18th 11 1970 that the defendants even under the law of that time could by no means have been guilty of high treason the records of 64197 contain the following passage there is no proof of any criminal offense which could have justified the verdict of high treason neither according to the present legislation nor the law of those days what the accused had done did not endanger public life and was therefore not punishable moreover the members of the state security service could have prevented this help towards the escape rather than provoking it the court of justice of bratislava has annulled the verdict but who can restore the life of the condemned who can undo the grief the hurts that terrors undergone the korbuli case a certain paul korbuli was responsible for the judgment of 17th june 1955 the presiding judge of the division bench signed the sentence with his own hand many years later it became known that this man had left the church in those days in order to keep his position pavol korbli passed the hardest sentence in the name of the republic he condemned many to lifelong imprisonment and passed many a death sentence 
His wife remembers that inevitably before he had to pass a sentence he would continue drinking and smoking the whole night. He didn't have the courage to be true to his own feelings and to act accordingly. Instead, in constant contradiction to his true self, he became outwardly ever more authoritarian and merciless. Moscow later demanded that all the crimes and judgments of those days be re-examined. Pavel Korbuli was forced to think again about the period of his life. The party members, habitually suspicious, observed their agents very closely. They had not failed to notice the doubts and uneasiness of the presiding judge. They also noticed that, in his despair, he had contacted people who were suspected by the state security. The doubts regarding Corbulli's credibility increased, and he lost his office as a judge before he could defend himself. <laughs> Not enough with his Not enough with this, his own people seized him and imprisoned him, irony of fate. Never would he, would he the judge, have dreamt that, of all people, those he had served unstintingly against his conscience would drag him before the court. Never would the judge have dreamt that, of all people, those he had served unstintingly against his conscience would drag him before the court. Night after night, he tormented himself with questions. He was accused of having subversive conducts and doubts about the socialistic system. Compared with others, he was sentenced to a relatively short punishment. After his release, he seems to have said to one of his former colleagues, before passing a sentence, one should first personally experience life behind prison bars. After his imprisonment, Paul Corbuli was no longer allowed to perform his function as judge. He earned his living with casual work as a lift boy or by passing postures. After his imprisonment, Paul Corbley was no longer allowed to perform his function as judge. He earned his living with casual work as a lift boy or by pasting posters on walls. He was also seen in church where he every day went to pray. He repented with all his heart for what he had done to people through his merciless verdicts. 
the fate of sister zenga preoccupied him in a very special way her story did not leave him in peace but sister zenga was dead he could no longer talk to her he could not apologize to her the only thing he could do was ask forgiveness Vladimir Hoza a convict at the prison of Pankra in Prague was at the same time also working as ophthalmologist in that same prison he had treated sister Zenga there after hearing of her death he wrote to Apollonia Gallis on 3rd November 1955 he stated that very rarely in his life had he met anyone as admirable as sister zenga illusions dreams and hopes are over the zenga is dead the evening sky is embellished by a new star i grieve for her and hope that we shall always remember sister zenga's name May her life, her selfless risk-taking for others' sake, never be forgotten. I thank you, Apollonia Gallis, for all that you did for that extraordinary person. Vladimir Hossa wanted to know where Sister Senga was buried, as he wanted to go and remember her at her grave. Every happy person carries God within and happiness can be found in a grain of sand in the desert. Only three of Sister Senga's letters have been preserved. The others addressed mainly to her parents have unfortunately been burnt. The first letter quoted earlier was written from the prison of Ramauska Sobota from from there she managed to smuggle it out describing her condition after being sentenced the second existing letter was addressed to her brother Cyril She wrote it for his name on 1st July 1947 in the hope that he would receive it on 5th July. The letter confirms the very close relationship she had with her youngest brother who was her favorite companion in childhood. My dear brother, I would like to send you the beauty of summer, of the flowers and the whispering of the wind. I gather up my prayers, my suffering and my sacrifices and send them to you. May they speak for me. The third letter was written on 18th December 1949. in Bratislava. It is an almost 
lyric testimony to sister zenga's village and her love of god god doesn't ask for anything but our love he has come to give us that life which he himself is he has come closest to us in his suffering let us then accept him with a grateful heart as he is also ready to be born in the hearts of men